to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi everyone, welcome to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I am going to, I'm so excited to be talking to Vince. So I have Vince Warnock with me from Chasing the Insights. We were just having a really, really quick chat before I hit the record, but I was like, no, we need to stop talking so we can actually have this chat on air instead. So welcome, Vince, to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, this Judging by just our pre-discussion, this is going to be way too much fun. <laughs> it's going to be too much fun. Yes, it really will. Okay, but I am going to take us back because we just we kind of just jump straight into it. So I want to know more about what you do, how you do it, and honestly, the journey um, on how you got to this point where you are now. So let's first start with, tell us a little bit about Chasing the Insights, a little bit about your brand. Yeah, sure. So uh, Chasing the Insights, the name actually came from my first book, um, which really was talking about adding experimentation into marketing and the whole mindset required, the framework required. Um, it was a super embarrassing moment though, Deirdre, because honestly, I, I was speaking at a conference in San Francisco and it was Adobe had brought a whole pile of you know, the top marketers in the world together. And the idea was they're going to put us on stage. We're all going to teach about stuff, but they didn't tell us they were also announcing the Fearless 50 program, which was to recognize the top 50 marketers in the world. So I'm standing there with all these other people and I'm looking on stage going, I know all of these people. In fact, they only picked the top 25. So I'm like, there are 24 people here who are my heroes in the industry. I know every single one of them. I guarantee not one of them know who I am. So it was a super <laughs> embarrassing moment. But the CEO of Adobe came out and he was talking about um, you know, the program, talking about launching this. And he said, I really want to highlight three of those people. And he said, one of them is all the way from New Zealand. And my brain just kind of melted. I just went, there's another guy from New Zealand here? what's going on? And then he goes, yeah, and this is Vince Warner. And they'd recognized me for a lot of the work I do around ethics and the, a lot of the work I do around um, actually calling the industry to a higher standard. And, and then he mentioned, he said, oh, and from what I hear, Vince is writing a book. And now my book I was writing is on experimentation. It's on marketing. And it was called Beakers and Binary. That was somehow in my mind, that was a perfect name for it. Um, but this guy stood there and he goes, I can't remember the name of the book. And he goes, but I do remember this. He's talking about the chaser method, which is my, my framework I created. And the quote that always stuck with me is, we don't chase the wins, we chase the insights. And he goes, oh, chasing the insights, that must be the name of the book. And I'm there going, oh my goodness, why did I not see that? It is so <laughs> damn obvious. So I'm suddenly standing on stage behind someone, putting my phone out, quickly grabbing the domain name for chasingtheinsights.com. <laughs> and then, and then uh, afterwards, I had to message my designer and my editor and say, hey, by the way, we're changing the name of the book. <laughs> it, was, it was announced live oh, yeah. on stage, so it, must, it yeah. has to happen I, now. <laughs> I did give him a shout out in the in the book itself, in, in the intro, I gave him a shout out for actually naming the book for me because oh, it was too no. embarrassing. But, but from there, um, you know, a number of things happened. So at the time, I was the chief marketing officer at Cigna. Um, but I made the decision, um, despite you know five years uh, at Signal, which was a wonderful journey. Um, it was literally the dream job, and I genuinely mean the dream job. You know, on paper, everything was spectacular. The pay was ludicrous. Like mm -hmm. honestly, it was embarrassing how much they pay you. Um, mm -hmm. Plus, I was getting all the results, getting all the accolades. 
um, you know, double the revenue of a Fortune 100 company, um, took the online sales from nothing to almost half of the revenue, which was something nobody thought we could be do uh, that could be done. Um, and then was winning all the awards, got the recognition from Adobe, published my first book when I'm there, sitting in my huge corner office, uh, although it's a round building, so not technically corner office, <laughs> but sitting in this huge office. And I would feel this incredible shame and guilt because I was miserable. And wow. I was looking at this going, I'm so unfulfilled. I'm so unhappy here. And yet everybody would kill for this job. And that made me feel really guilty. I thought I was being ungrateful. I and, and I didn't realize it was just that I wasn't, that wasn't what I was called to do. So, so I left there to form Chasing the Insights. And the idea was, it was actually just going to leave there to become a full-time author. So I left in, uh, I had the conversation with the CEO around November, December, January, uh, November, December, 2019, left in January, 2020. So just pre-COVID. Um, and then I was going to write my next book and it's going to be glorious. I'm a full-time author now, mm -hmm. except I'm highly ADHD. And when you have ADHD, focusing on one thing like that full-time is not yeah. good for your mental health. It took me a week before I'm walking around the house going crazy. Going, ah. um, so, <laughs> so one book became many books, um, became launching my podcast, which has gone gangbusters. That's uh, the Chasing the Insights podcast. And then actually accidentally finding myself doing what I'm doing now. Um, and that is uh, helping people with marketing and visibility. So I'm a marketing and visibility coach. Uh, plus, I have a publishing company on the side that I set up to, to help my, my clients become authors. And it really is about building that thought leadership for uh, different entrepreneurs. So it's actually taking their, their current business, looking at how they can deeply engage, like using neuromarketing, deeply engage with their audience and actually getting the audience, uh, instead of constantly having to try and pull their audience to them, you know, I'll push their audience rather, their audience just comes automatically to them. So it's doing that and then positioning them as a thought leader. So it's getting them on TEDx stages. It's getting them on podcasts, getting them in summits, getting them as published authors, launching their own podcasts in a lot of cases as well. Um, and it's it's one of those weird things where you see all these breakthroughs, you see all these things that are happening with your clients, and then you have this weird bubbly feeling on the inside and you're like, oh, so that's what being fulfilled feels like. <laughs> now I'm happy with what I'm doing. So, yeah, so, so that's chasing the insights essentially is doing whatever I can to help entrepreneurs to be able to scale and grow their business. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's so many things I want to talk because as a, a bit of a marketing nerd myself, I'm like, oh, so many things I'm like, oh, I want to talk about that. And that, that. but we, I know we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> so let's, let's definitely start like in your journey. You know, I, I kind of, I totally resonate with that feeling of almost like guilt um, and yeah. shame that you, you would have felt because yeah, you were this high flyer, you, yep. you know, off the back almost of this job and this company that you had, you were being recognized. Right, yeah. a lot of it was because of of that, yeah. and yet you knew that that wasn't going to be the part. So, can you take us back to that moment? And you know what? Like, I know that you mentioned like that that deep sense of guilt that you had, but like, yeah. what else, what else was going through your mind? And almost like when you did speak to the CEO, what like <laughs> what, was, <laughs> what was that like for you? Yeah, well, I'll kind of take you back a little bit to the beginning of November 2020, uh, 2019. So the kind of throughout the year, I was feeling more and more miserable um, around the job. And, and it was noticeable, apparently. Um, Leanne, my wife, she just said she could actually see me getting more unhappy with the position there. And, and I love a challenge. I'm very competitive. I love a challenge. I love I'm constantly doing new things, constantly trying to innovate and, and do different things. But the, I was getting bogged down in the job itself. And she could see that wearing away at me. And it kind of culminated in um, the early November. 
And what had happened was we, as part of our sponsorship deals, we sponsored sponsored a, a marathon. Um, and we were sponsoring the, pretty sure we were doing the half marathon category. Otherwise, it didn't make sense that I actually ran a half marathon because I wouldn't choose to do that normally. Um, <laughs> but because we were sponsoring the event, I thought, hey, I'm going to run this half marathon. And, and I thought, right, I'm going to do this. But I was so damn busy in the role that I had no time to train for it at all. Mm. Um, and and I'm not a runner. This is not the physique of a runner. I am not a sports person in the slightest, but I knew I had to do this. So I thought if I'm not going to get to train, you should train for a half marathon. That's not an easy thing to just jump out there and do, but I'm going to use this as an opportunity to prove some of my theories. Uh, so I wanted to prove that um, there was a concept out there called the four burner theory, which is, you know, if you put all your energy into your business, you're sacrificing your health, your family, um, you know, all those kind of things. Um, and I'm going, well, no, because you can actually work on two things at the same time. You can put the same amount of energy into your family and your health. You can put the same amount of energy into your learning and your business, et cetera. And so I proved that by listening to an audio book while running a half marathon. And at the end, I had my team like uh, test me on my recollection of the book itself and how much I'd learned and what were the, what were the things that inspired me, et cetera. So that was a lot of fun. So I ran the half marathon. Um, at the end of that, I had to stick around and give out the medals. Now, this was done in Queenstown in New Zealand, which is a beautiful, beautiful place. And in the middle of the day when we're doing the marathon, um, it was you know like beautiful weather. It was nice and sunny, but not too hot. It was awesome. But then when we finished, it dropped to, actually, it started snowing. It was pouring down with rain, and then it started snowing. And I had to stand there with no change of clothes. I'm in my shorts and my singlet, you know, from what I'd done the run in, waiting to hand out these medals to people. So I started shivering and freezing and all this kind of thing, and handing out, shaking their hands, going, congratulations. <laughs> um, left there, took about four showers to thaw out. Um, flew back to home. Uh, then, you know, spent the night at home with the family and things. And then the next day I had to fly off to Auckland and New Zealand and basically travel the country doing a roadshow for three weeks. And that's when I thought, oh, man, this is terrible. I've got the flu. Uh, this is pre-COVID days, by the way. Um, so traveling the country with the flu. So I turn up at these networking events and I'm like, you know, work in the room. And I'm like, yes, this is awesome. And everyone was loving it. And that. now go back to the hotel and go, I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. um, but three weeks with the flu is a long amount of time. And I came back and realized I hadn't shaken the flu at all. So I went to the doctor and I said, look, you know, I'm, I've been on the road. I've got the flu. And he looked into it and he goes, well, you don't have the flu. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that sounds like good news. And he goes, no, no, not really. You've got pneumonia and you've had pneumonia for three weeks since. And I went, wait, isn't that serious? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you're a moron. <laughs> I went, thanks, doctor. Um, but it was essentially, and he was the one that framed it for me. He said, I think it's your body's way of telling you you've had enough. Mm. And that was when I realized I was terrible at listening to myself. I often am terrible at listening to all the signals that were there that I was unfulfilled, all the signals that I was unhappy. And my body just went, look, enough, Vince. I'm going to force you to have a bit of a break. And that for me was, that was the really pivotal point because actually having to take time off work, actually having to recover from this made me reassess what I'm doing. And the moment I did that was when the, the penny dropped, you know, the, the thing that was obvious to everybody but me, which is you are unfulfilled, Vince. So I went to the CEO in about December 2019 and told her, I, I think this is it. I think I'm done. I need to I need to leave here and become a full-time author. And she went, no, you're not. And I went, well, yeah, I am. And she goes, no. And I went, yes. And went, no, we're arguing in a humorous way. And then she goes, but do you know how much we pay you? And I said, yeah, I do, but I don't care about that. It's not about the money. And she goes, I don't quite understand. And I went, well, maybe that's part of the reason why I need to leave. 
And that's when I realized she actually did offer me psychological help. She said, I'll get you a counselor because I think you're having a breakdown. I'm like, actually, no, it's the opposite of a breakdown. It is me actually breaking free. Um, so it was a very awkward journey. It was amazing. Like it's an awesome company. And, you know, I loved all of the senior leadership, love my team to bits. They're all amazing. Uh, and we had a wonderful farewell as well. We shut down the company for half a day and, oh man, the amount of whiskey they bought me was just. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Wow. Okay. So then you decided to start your business and you started it as an author. Well, that yep. was you know, what, and then you yep. ADHD kicked in, and you did a whole, a whole host of other things. So, how what was it like growing your business? Because it's not an easy thing for people to go from corporate into business, and it doesn't happen like that, right? So, what was that journey like for you? Um, well, first of all, I'm I'm very aware that I'm I'm in a, a quite a privileged position. So, not only you know the the role at Cigna where you know the pay was amazing. But also just prior to Cigna, I had built my own startup, uh, which was a high growth tech startup called Common Ledger. We built that over uh, three and a half years to a multi eight figure exit. So when you're the you know the largest um, shareholder in the company and you have a multi eight figure exit, you you do quite well from these things. So it wasn't like I'd gone from corporate to being in a position of desperation, which is you know really handy. Um, so for me, it was kind of this weird gradual thing that happened without me even realizing it. And what I mean by that is COVID hit the world. You know, all of a sudden, people that I was interviewing for my books, um, they were all like, hey, Vince, we want to help you, but we're kind of a mess right now. And I had so many different entrepreneurs from all over the world just say, look, you know, we've got no revenue coming in. We've got no money coming in the door. We've got the same overheads. We don't even know if we're going to exist in two months' time. And that, to me, was heartbreaking. Like, entrepreneurship is really important to me. I've, I've been an entrepreneur for most of my journey, I've been in and out of both corporate and entrepreneurship, um, but I have such a soft spot for entrepreneurs because they're the backbone of our economy, but they're also the people that are so creative and so passionate and so courageous that they'll actually you know, leave stability to create something new and something unknown. And I think that is incredible. So I, I remember I, I looked at my wife and I was telling her about this and I was telling her about all these people that are really struggling and she looked at me and went, you can't let go of this, can you? And I went, no. And she goes, you're going to have to help out, aren't you? And I went, yeah, I think I am. <laughs> so I just came alongside everyone and just said, look, can I let me come alongside you? Let me give you some guidance. Let's look at how we can shape your business. Look look at your audience different. Maybe pivot if we need to. All these different kind of things. Like strip it back to what's really important about this. And I was in a very fortunate position where every single one of them said yes to come alongside them. And we didn't have a single casualty. Uh, which was amazing. And and in some cases had some significant successes. We had one client triple their revenue because they were actually, they didn't realize what they were sitting on. They were just like, oh, we'll put this stuff online now, Vince. Yeah, and I helped them out with that. Next thing you know, it's just going viral and they're like, okay, so it turns out everybody wanted what we had to offer. And I'm like, no kidding. <laughs> um, so so that, was, that was the kind of start of the journey there. And, and then it was seeing their faces when they get the breakthrough. It was seeing them. Because one of the things that was really important to me is don't do it for them empower them and teach them how to do things like you've got to teach them how to fish so in doing that i would see all these breakthroughs and then it kind of naturally progressed where you know these these entrepreneurs were were getting the success they were getting the revenue coming in they're like now what we're like okay well let's increase your visibility and always teach this layered approach um so we looked at their visibility and we get them on the tedx stage and then we get them speaking at summits and we get them on podcasts and next thing you know like last year i helped about 20 of my one-to-one clients um, become authors and seeing them like on Zoom, holding that book in their hand and that grin on their face where you're like, yeah, I know I know that feeling so well. And I'm like, you're not <laughs> going to get that smile off your face for a week at least. And seeing that sense of accomplishment that they had, I'm like, 
this this is what I'm called to do. This is the best feeling ever. Amazing. Wow. Okay. So gosh, you I mean, you probably have uh well, you would actually have a lifetime of stories. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am a storyteller. I love yeah. this. <laughs> um, and you know, which is great because I think we all like we all know that 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 connection comes from storytelling. It comes through storytelling. And what do you find is the most effective way for you to be sharing your stories? Um, You know, is it, I know you have a podcast, you have books, but other, you know, more traditional means, do you use social media? Do you, uh, like, in your emails? Like, tell us all the places that you are sharing your stories day in, day out. Oh, my goodness. I'll share stories wherever I can, but honestly. (laughs) So one of the things I was... There's a difference between sharing stories everywhere and sharing them well everywhere. Um, I literally just had a, a meeting with my team before we jumped on this um, and talked about my email marketing and just said, come on, guys, this is embarrassing. I teach this stuff and we're doing a really poor job of it here. So so we do email marketing on that. But one of the ways I love to turn up is live. Um, Facebook lives, Instagram lives, LinkedIn lives. They're one of my favorite places. Um, I love the interaction. I love seeing the comments. I love, I love interacting with people, answering their questions, questions, talking to them directly, which makes them feel that sense of belonging. You know, like when you're on a live video and you go, oh, Kate, that's fantastic. Great comment. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I got called out. Yeah. <laughs> so I love doing that. But but part of the thing I'm trying to do, uh, I guess, Deirdre, is, is to make the content as accessible to people as possible. So I have my Facebook group where I run masterclasses. Um, I do them from anything from PR to uh, email marketing, even though it's a case of do what I say, don't do what I do. Um, <laughs> teach them how to become authors. Uh, teach them about Web 3.0. I'm teaching them a lot about the, the NFT infrastructure and how that's going to help entrepreneurs, all this kind of cool stuff. Yes. So I put that into this community, but then I go, now how do I make that accessible to everybody else? So I get guests on my podcast because that's a free medium that people can use where they can learn more about these things. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, let's put content out there and make it even more accessible to them. Then we'll write a book about this aspect and put that out there so we can impact more people. So it's all it's always looking at how can we scale the stuff that we're doing to reach more people and in the medium that they prefer. Some people prefer books, some people prefer podcasts, some people prefer video, uh, whatever format that they prefer, we want to be there in it. Yeah, awesome. I love that because that's definitely something that we we truly believe in as well. Yeah. Um, and is there anything different that you're looking to do in your marketing going forward? You know, you oh, rattled yeah. off a lot of things. But, oh, my goodness. Know. I'm so excited. So okay. right, I'll give you a glimpse into what I do at Christmas, which is a really sad insight into my mind, by the way. Um, but I'm big on setting goals for myself. I'm a very competitive person with myself, not with other people. Yeah. Um, because I just love that thrill of trying something new and seeing if I can accomplish it and then hand that off to somebody else and say, hey, here's what I can teach you about the journey I just went on. So so one of the things I do at the end of the year, and I did this at the end of last year, is go, right, what were the things that really lit me up? Like I'm planning out my my 25 goals, you know, I'm writing them all down. I'm like, what are, what are the things that lit me up in 2021 though? And I realized it was emerging tech, which always lights me up anyway. I'm a giant nerd. Um, and it was that, that moment I talked about where you see people holding that book in their hand. So for me, it was like, okay, I need to set some really aggressive goals around those two things because I want to do more of the things that light me up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a publishing company on the side. So one of the things we we decided in the company is let's try and reach you know as many entrepreneurs as possible. So instead of 20 that we helped in 2021, let's see if we can help 100 authors uh, or 100 entrepreneurs to become authors in 2022. And then I'm like, well, you can set a goal and a goal is kind of cool, but why don't you put a stretch goal on that? So actually, let's try and target 
200 entrepreneurs to become <laughs> authors this year and then sat down afterwards and went, how the hell am I going to do that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so launching different kind of ways to help people. So looking at collaboration books, which is really exciting um, mm-hmm. and getting them involved in that. But then the other thing that let me up was that emerging tech. And for me, I, I'm fascinated by cutting edge technology. I'm fascinated by not the, the hype and the gloss and the squirrel access uh, aspect to most of these things, but actually, how does the underlying technology help us as entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. So Web 3.0 is the kind of obvious um, thing there. And yeah, everyone's heard about the metaverse and they've heard about NFTs, heard about creator coins and DAOs and all these kind of things. But I'm looking at, okay, forget the hype, forget the shiny stuff, forget all that kind of stuff. Or you can be a millionaire or multimillionaire off NFTs and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Strip it back to what does this mean for us as entrepreneurs? What is the opportunity that's there for us to be able to deeply engage with our audience or to drive the right behaviors? You know, So I'm looking at even down to things like with my podcast, um, how do I get people to listen to the episodes within 48 hours of them going live to try and drive up the stats and things like that, or not just the stats, but to work the algorithm and things. So how can we incorporate um, NFTs in that? You know, How can we incorporate being able to reward the people that do the right behaviors? So, so one of the things I'm launching at the end of this year is um, if you listen to one of my episodes, within 48 hours of it going live, there'll be a code word at the end. You plug that into a minting site. Next thing you know, you've got a free NFT, uh, which sounds cool. But then when you've got like three to five NFTs, you unlock merchandise or you unlock other opportunities or masterclasses and things like that. So it's actually building this community around the right behaviors. So that's the kind of stuff I'm I'm super excited about this year. Um, It's going to be this is going to be a crazy year, honestly. The things I've got planned, oh. I can't even reveal some of them yet, but they are just, um, I get giddy with excitement. <laughs> so cool. I love talking to people who are so passionate about what they do because, you know, you hit on a lot of things like I, I don't, well, I don't think I have ADHD, but I definitely <laughs> have um, undiagnosed entrepreneurship ADHD. You know, like, as uh, an I'm pretty sure entrepreneurship and ADHD are the same thing. Oh, the same thing, right? goes hand in hand, yeah. <laughs> Um, and all the things that you're talking about, I'm like, yes, I know. I'm totally like nerding out on yep. all of the same things. <laughs> so it's so cool to talk to someone else like-minded like that. Um, okay. So that's, oh, wow. Okay. That's super cool. So um, where, in terms of like those two things, because I did want to ask like, where's your business headed? So I know that we spoke about from a marketing perspective and yep. you laid out the two main ways that, you know, you really want to be, what you want to be focusing on. Where, like how, I mean, <laughs> for the for your book, you, you know, you mentioned how am I going to get two hundred people? How am I going to two hundred authors? Like, yeah. what? How have you been thinking about that? Is that going to be directly linked to your podcast, or is it going to be something? Oh my goodness! Well, one one of the things I love doing, honestly, probably the thing that um, I enjoy the most is going right. Let's set an audacious goal. Yes. You set that audacious goal, and then you go, well, I've got no idea how I'm going to make that happen. That to me is the exciting moment because that's when you get to think really, really different. So for me, for the author thing, for example, is like if I'm going to help 200 entrepreneurs become authors this year, there's no way I can scale that doing them one-to-one because I still have my academy program, which I'm really focused on. I've still got my one-to-one clients. I've still got the podcast, um, the books I'm writing this year. I'm publishing a number of different books this year for myself. Um, so I would never have time to do that. So how can I maximize this? And then I realized there's a massive opportunity in front of me where most people want to become authors. They understand the power of being an author. They understand of what that value that adds to them as an entrepreneur, the, the thought leadership aspect of it, all of these kind of things. Um, but what they miss there is they don't have the time to write a full book. Like they don't have time to write 50 to 60,000 words or whatever. 
So I thought, well, what if I, you know, look at the collaboration book model or the anthology book model? What if we can take this thing where we can get 10 entrepreneurs together in one book? And then I said, yep, but I've seen it done so poorly so many times. So how can I do it different? How can I do it so that it's actually going to add more value to those authors? So they don't just get to say, hey, I'm an author. Whoop-de-doo. They're an author, but I also go, can we guarantee that they're going to be a best-selling author? And it turns out, using a lot of the methodologies I've been doing for years, it turns out, yes, we can pretty much guarantee that. Okay, now that's exciting. What about if, um, you know, like most of those collaboration books, they pay, you know, three between three and $20,000 to participate in that. And I'm like, well, if I'm not doing it for the money, then can I reduce that right down to 1500? So it's one, four, nine, five, and they get to collaborate. And then they write their three to 5,000 words. And then we take care of everything. So I've got editors, I've got copywriters, proofreaders, designers, all the guys that are doing the work for my books. Why don't we just hire them to do the work for theirs? Um, and that way they get to sit back they get 10 physical copies of the book themselves. They get 10 ebook copies, which is something you don't normally get. And then what if we can make it that all of the profits uh, for the book sales go to charity? Um, so we're now like, aligning with a number of social good campaigns, not-for-profits, charities, and actually giving back. So not only are you now a best-selling author, not only do you have these physical copies and these ebook copies of your book, but it's aligned with a book title that really excites you. Um, and that was really important to me is making sure we don't just gather entrepreneurs together and go, what's a, what's a theme? We actually go, here's the book. Do you want to be part of that book? Mm. So, so we do that. And then you get to feel good about the fact that you are helping somebody else. And then we go, okay, now one month after that, what's the best way to do this? One month after that, well, how about we teach you how to maximize the usage of that book? How about we give you the, the EPUB, the Mobi, the PDF versions that teach you how to use that as a lead magnet or an upsell or a giveaway or a value add, all of the different ways that you can actually use that book to increase your revenue. Because guess what? You don't actually make that much money selling books, but you do from how else you can use it. So, so that's really exciting. So that's the way I kind of ended up going, well, here's a model. Let's test that. Yeah. So I just shoulder tapped a few people over Christmas and said, look, I'm thinking of doing this. And I got about halfway through describing it. And they go, dude, shut up. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, in. And I'm like, oh, hang on. Uh, so <laughs> it was just nuts. And now it's just escalating. I was just saying to you before the recording, yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to keep up with my emails and my DMs at the moment because everybody seems to want to be part of this. That's so cool because now you only really have to, I guess, write 20 yeah. books. In total, yeah, right? exactly, to exactly. Nice and simple. I'm going to smash my goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Gosh. Ah. Oh, okay. This has been so awesome and so awesome talking to you, Ben. So, for anyone listening to this, if anyone's interested in seeing what you have to offer, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, I make it really hard for you. All. No, I'm joking. I make it really easy. Just go to chasingtheinsights.com. That's the home of my podcast. It's the home of my books. It's the home of everywhere you can connect with me on social. Um, and unless you're a spammer, do that. Just connect with me on social everywhere. Um, and that's where you can just DM me and say, hey, Vince, look, you know, send me details on whatever you've got going on and I'll, and I'll have a conversation with you. You'll also see on the website, there is a link there to book a free strategy call. Highly encourage everyone to do that. Um, it's one of my passions is being able to help people to get a sense of clarity and a roadmap for their business and their marketing. So if you're struggling in any way with marketing or you want to become an author or you want to launch a podcast, any of those kind of things, just book that time with me. We'll have a conversation. I'll give you a clear roadmap. Amazing. Okay. Well, we will definitely be leaving that in the show notes. Wow, Vince, this has been such an awesome chat. Um, oh, thank you for joining <laughs> us. And for everyone listening to this, please leave us a rating, leave us a review, share this episode, especially with all your friends, subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Shen here. 
thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, dedrieshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.